0: Everybody wants to be on top of the hill. The problem nowadays is people wanna get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're gonna claw, you're gonna scratch, you're gonna bite, you're gonna dig, you're gonna do whatever
1: it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two SEALs, one
2: mission. The
1: JR Overcome Show. And welcome back to the JR Overcome Show. This is episode 11. Man, we are rocking and rolling, Ray. This show, we're getting so much great feedback. Uh, And you know what? I got a big announcement. I got a big announcement. You and I talked about this, and we now have the JR Overcome Show Twitter account. It's true. we are live at JR Overcome Show. I want all of you out there listening, I want you to write us. I want you to tweet us. Tell us what you think about the show. Tell us things to talk about. Interject. We want to hear about our guests. We want to hear about Ray. Yes. Actually, I just want to hear about me. Never mind. I don't want to hear about Ray. You actually. want to Let hear me. about... I so, can talk about me enough to go on for everyone. Don't worry. Well, that is true. We know that. So... But this is amazing. 2019, we are hitting the ground running. Both you and I, last episode, we had Bedros Koulian on. What an absolutely amazing guy. Amazing human. I I mean, that guy is smart as a whip. Uh, He has just mastered the art of sales, marketing, how to coach, mentor, business. Yes. And you and I are both learning from him. We talk to people about finding the right mentor. I don't know why he selected us uh you for pity. your brawn pity maybe uh, yeah i think that's it he felt sorry for us i'll take Two it pathetic I'll take souls
0: it. that's how i got married out of pity so but i'll take
1: it we are we are getting mentored from bedros if you have not listened to episode 10 you need to go back and listen to it it's it is mind blowing that guy will motivate and inspire you and uh we are we are absolutely hitting the ground running it's been amazing so uh ray you know I, I'm noticing something. There's always a little bit of an edge and an intensity about you, but I'm I'm noticing you're kind of leaning in that microphone a little little more, dude. You are choking that microphone like you were choking an Al Qaeda terrorist right well, now. What's what's up, man? What's sir, going on? It, all
0: right, sir. If I may interject, there's just some things that have been pissing me off. You know. Bef- listen, hey, listen, I'd like a little cake with that, sir. I will get you some cake. I'll I'll bring it up to the officer's mess. Here's the problem I'm having. You know, before, ladies and gentlemen, before you do a podcast, there's a lot of checks that you have to do. And I wrote to the LT and I said, hey, we do this, this little thing. And I wrote back an LC, which stands for Lima Charlie. And he goes, "Lick and chicken. And I'm like, come on, sir, you were a Navy SEAL. You know what that means. It means Lima Charlie, which means loud and clear.
1: And he says... I didn't know what that meant. And it just- Ray, Ray is a barbarian. So I thought what he was saying is he likes to lick chicken. You know, it's like a way to get a little more protein. But the problem
0: stems from, I think it was nineteen, the end of 1994 to 95 when I carried you through Hell Week. I carried you through Bud's. I mean, we're in the gym right now where I'm putting you through this intense training. Literally, I have to pull you off my teat every day because- The,
1: mil- the milk The of milk Ray of Care. the gods- yeah. So, I just listen, wanted to get that listen, out there, everybody. I, listen, I, listen. Oh, Ray, Ray lives in his own fantasy world, and there's a lot of you that feed into this fantasy. It's like there's Disney World and then there's Care Bear World. Oh, Jesus. They're <laughs> both little separate places. Both of them have a castle that Ray likes to live in, and there are princesses there. And this princess is sitting across from me making up this fantasy world. There's a lot of great movies and fiction that's out there about Ray Care. Let me end
0: it on this note. I'm going to cut you off, sir, with all due respect. When, when LT's making love at night to the missus, he is not thinking of the missus. He is thinking of Ray Cash Care, former Navy <laughs> SEAL.
1: So I want everybody oh my God. to take that. Ryan. Yes. Ryan, I need some Clorox wipes. I just vomited all over my microphone at the thought of that. It's 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 like, dude, the thought of that's like having sex with a hairless gorilla. And you know
0: what's awesome is is our our special guest, he can't stop laughing. He thinks we're being funny, and this is dead
1: serious. Uh, you know what, guys? You need a good person in your life to push you that you can have fun with, and uh, that is what life is about. I got to tell you, though, Ray has had some amazing successes I have had some amazing successes. And a lot of people talk to us about, wow, Ray, you've done this. You were a SEAL. You're out there speaking. You know, you're, you've you been in movies with Tom Hanks. You know, you ran the selection. You're oh, yeah. firing people up. Ray is a fitness expert. I mean, I am learning from him on a regular basis. You know, all joking aside, you yeah. know, Ray, Ray actually does motivate and inspire me in the gym. Thank you, sir. And then I motivate and inspire him back. Just in life in general. (laughs) You were on a roll and then you blew it. You were doing great. You were doing great. And then all kinds of people talk to me about the successes I've had, the things I did in the SEAL teams, obviously the sign on the door, book, all these different things. But I got to tell you, our guest today, he humbles me. Oh, amazing human. And we are absolutely fortunate to have an individual who fires me up, who motivates me, who is just constantly leaning forward. We talk about the culture of success. This individual is just pushing every single day into the culture of success. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. He is the founder of Satvana Yoga. He is the founder of Krav Maga, Santa Cruz, and CrossFit Amundsen, all located in Santa Cruz, California. So if you're in Santa Cruz and you don't know who this guy is, you need to look him up because he is going to fire you up. He has worked in the DEA. He has been part of the National Guard. He has worked with the American law enforcement officers to help them in the study of Krav Maga. For those of you who don't understand, Krav Maga is the Israeli defense martial arts. It is an amazing, very physical, very effective form of the martial arts that many of our law enforcement and military utilize. The path to achieve a black belt in Krav Maga is absolutely long tedious, grueling, and uh, and can take more than 20 years. And Mr. Gregory Amundsen actually earned his black belt just this last year. And I just timed him out. I just released his name. Ah! So listen, this guy is incredible. I've had the honor to work with him. He is a founding member of CrossFit, studying under Greg Glassman. He uh, is the author of multiple books, Fire Breather Fitness, best-selling book, Warrior and the Monk, across multiple aspects. He is absolutely at the pinnacle of the warrior lifestyle. The Pentagon of Peak Performance that I speak on, Greg Amundsen is the most solidly balanced individual I have ever had the honor to know. He lives at the the highest level within that spiritual leadership role right now he is currently going through seminary school and he is just absolutely an amazing individual I feel better every single time I hang out with him he motivates and inspires me it is my great honor to introduce my friend a absolute warrior leader Mr. Greg Amundsen.
2: <laughs> whoa thank you <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate the kind words and introduction.
1: Hey, that intro is extra, man. I want to let you know that uh, I really went above and beyond.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is the overcome introduction right there. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you are welcome. So, Greg, welcome to the show, man.
2: Man, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. It's an honor to be joining you today. Thank you.
1: We're so fortunate.
0: Thank you, sir. I'm not going to lie. I was talking to Jason before this. And when I say this, let me finish before you just start laughing. You are one of my, you are one of my man crushes and it's not, um, you know, right
1: right after me, right,
0: right after you, but it's about all your, (laughs) it's about your accomplishments, how you're so well-rounded. You have such a solid foundation, but yet you stay so humble. That's what I love about you because I'm not a humble person and I'm trying to be, Jason will laugh about it. But the thing is, is you're that, you're that silent warrior mind, body and soul and I love you for what you do. Well,
1: you are the epitome uh, of you. the uh, servant selfless leader. I mean, there's no doubt about it, man. I have just I have had the great honor of ever since I got to know you seeing you how you run your gym, how you run your life, how you motivate and inspire others around you. I've had the great honor to work out with you and no matter what grueling workout we were doing, man, you always had a smile on your face and you're motivating and inspiring <laughs> the people around you. So, that is a rare quality. And uh, I tell you, there's so many people that can learn from you. And I hope, I absolutely hope that everybody that's listened to this show, the millions of listeners, I am prophesizing to the, uh, the, the followership that is on its way this year in 2019, that all yeah. of you will follow Greg Amundsen because uh, you will be better for it.
2: Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So... Greg, on every show,
1: we have our word of the day. And the word of the day is the word that drives our show. It is the foundation of the show. And uh, we want to build everything around it. Our guest is tied to the word of the day. Uh, We like to have discussions about that word. And that's how we kick the show off. So, As we always do, I allow Mr. Ray Cash Care to give us the definition of the word of the day, and we actually reached out to you, and we said, Greg, what is a defining word that means something to you? And you let me know. You said that word is victory. It is the word that is weighing on your mind. Powerful word. It is absolutely a powerful word. And uh, so, Ray is going to give the definition. Victory,
0: the act of defeating an enemy or opponent in a battle, game, or other competition. Now... I know what that means, sir, but I would like to get your take on the word victory and what it means to you.
2: Yeah, great. I love it, gentlemen. Victory, as of late, has become more and more important in my life. And for me, as a Christian, the victory is achieved through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'll begin with that. That's how the ultimate victory is achieved. Now, Ray, you think about the implications of the definition from the dictionary everything that's implied in that definition of victory is indeed a victory on earth <laughs> amen <laughs> which is a temporal victory and the victory that i'm after and that i'm encouraging others to consider to pursue as well is an eternal victory okay so it's a win-win proposition we're going to get the victory here on earth and we're going to get the victory in heaven in the life to come Pretty awesome proposition, if we think about it. For those of us who are warriors, we want the ultimate victory. And that's the ultimate victory to have right there.
1: You know, what's amazing about that is when you talk about the victory on this earth, and then you look at that eternal victory, and, I, and I'm going to come back. I want to touch on religion for a moment, uh, just because we're go as we go down that road. But <clears throat> the greatest warriors in history, you know, you look at the different classes of warriors. They aspired to— Victory on the battlefield, but they also aspired for a glorious death. They wanted Mm -hmm. to know that they had just laid it all out on the table. And even if they lost on the field of battle, they were victorious in how they lived their life. And I love that about you, that you you are running your life that way also. And I think that's something that we talk about, trying to live your life in that manner, being the best version of you in everything you do, being victorious in how we lead ourselves. And I think that's amazing. I want to say, I wanted to touch on this because I know we have some listeners out there who, you know, they may not. Uh, they may not be proponents of religion. Some of them may be atheists and you're just like, oh God, why are we going to listen to this? I am telling you, you know, the key to being a well-rounded person is to be open to all the ideas that are out there and you've got to listen to them. You've, you know, it's driving me crazy in this world we live in where people don't want to listen to anything and they're more. They're like, this is my view. And if you don't agree with my view, then I'm just going to turn it off and I'm not going to listen to you. I tell you what, Greg Amundsen's one of the most amazing human beings. I know you will benefit from this show. So for those of you that are like, oh, I'm going to turn it off because he's talking about Jesus. I am a Christian, but just because you are not doesn't mean you can't learn something and grow and be a better warrior in person from this. So I want to encourage you to stay on because Greg Amundsen is amazing.
2: (laughs) Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. There's something really cool about this proposition of victory as well. And this is an important word in association with the warrior tradition and warrior culture. And what the warrior does uniquely well is they're able to assess the totality of the variables in their life. And they want victory in every single variable. So if we think about the human experience, we have this human experience as a mind perceiving, interacting with the world. We clearly have the interaction of our body with the world. Then we have the interaction of our spirit with the world. And as warriors, if we can begin to integrate all three and achieve victory in all three, that's where the real success in life resides
1: well no kidding and i mean it's something that you and i have talked about ray that we have met individuals who you know they may they may give the impression of being physically just a specimen mm-hmm. but inside they are mentally and spiritually damaged and they they, they just yet. lack the mm-hmm. self confidence because even though physically they they have strength Mentally, they would fold because they just haven't built those other aspects of their body, mind and spirit. And it's so critical for a warrior. You have to have that mindset, whether it's on the battlefield, you have to have that self-confidence to know. I know for me, when I, you know, when I got ready to go out on a mission, I knew that... Physically, I was ready, and it saved my life. I mean, my physical preparation, the doctors say, contributed to that. Mentally, I was ready. I knew that I could push through. But more, more important, importantly, emotionally and spiritually, I was ready because I knew when I walked out that door, I said, okay, I may never come back. This may be it. I may not come back from this mission, but I'm okay with that. I, I've come to grips with that. And so mm-hmm. many people need to have that balance to, be, to truly be victorious. Otherwise, exactly. they're going to get in a situation where they're going to fall short. And you know,
2: well
0: and you know something, sir. As I'm getting older, and the reason why I resonate with you so well is uh, the spiritual side of me is the one thing that I was lacking. I had a horrible childhood growing up, just you know, kicked down so many times. The only person I believed in was myself. And that, and as I've grown and I've matured over the years, you know, I'm I'm constantly trying to better myself. So now, you know, it, it's funny. And again me and Jer- Jason Sunday, guess where we were? We were at church together and I'm trying to learn ju- the disciplines. It's just like the martial arts. It's just like working out. I try to learn all the disciplines and respect them. And the one discipline that I have been lacking in my life has been this, the spiritual side. Um, I, now that I'm a family man, so I'm being drawn to it. And I, I feel like I'm a much stronger person and people go, that makes no sense. But I know you know what I mean. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's filled a void or a hole that's been missing in my life. You know, I'm, I can't explain it's beyond words.
2: Mm-hmm. I understand brother. I resonate with what you're saying.
1: And one of the things, Greg, I think that you can, uh, you can speak to and, and it'll, it'll dovetail directly off what Ray was saying is that Greg, you not only are a spiritual leader on the, religious side, you are a spiritual leader on the esoteric and, and mental higher levels of awareness side, you know, if you will, the martial mindset, and you've Mm -hmm. done that through all these different things that you literally are considered experts at, you know, the Kokora yoga and the meditation and the mindfulness and, and these deep breathing exercises that allow you to get in, to get outside of your body and outside of your mind to recognize there's a bigger world out there. And then to central yourself, you know, like we talk about in the martial arts to, you know, bring that energy within, you know, to center your chi. Uh, and, and that's something that you really are a master of in all aspects. So mm. what's really incredible. It's not like you say this spiritual leadership is just through your religion and through Christianity. It is across uh, the spectrum, um, you know,
2: uh,
1: so many different people that look at these different spiritual uh practices.
2: Hmm. Oh, thank you. So all
1: right. Hey, let's uh let's jump into it. You know, you did not become the individual you are by chance. Every single person that's out there was shaped, molded. You know, I, I obviously became who I was as I grew up and the different things I went through. Ray became the person he is through some through some really hard situations yeah. in his life. You know, everybody out there uh Ray had a hard childhood. His father was not there for him and did not did not set the example. He set the wrong example for yeah. you. You know, Greg, I think you were blessed and we look mm-hmm. at all these um all these incredible successes that you have and your father was the opposite. He was absolutely this incredible role model. So how did that shape you and impact your life and drive you to become who you are today?
2: Yeah, when I to use the term from the military, reverse engineer where I am today, the end result of that engineering process always ends up with my mom and dad. They were such amazing, instrumental, not only parental figures, but mentors, role models, the pinnacle example of what a fully integrated life looks like. And something, Ray, you said earlier about the humble quality that I have That was modeled to me by my dad, even up until his death. So, at his death, at his burial, there were nearly 2,000 people in attendance to pay their respects. Church was standing room only. And most of those people that came to pay their respects were people who had never met my dad. They were people who knew of my dad through a relationship that my dad had with a parent. Or friend of theirs. Yet that relationship had an effect on that person that affected the next generation. And I never knew the influence my dad was having in the world. I had no awareness at the level of his influence or leadership in the world. And that made me realize that quality of humbleness is so profound. My dad's focus was on me, my brothers, and my mom. And if a side effect of that was this positive influence on the world around him, so be it. But he wasn't in it for the world. He was in it for his family. And I'll always remember that day. It was such an amazing experience to realize the greater implications and the greater example that my dad had set for me.
1: And I think that's such a good point. It's something we've talked about frequently on this show, that so many people get their priorities backwards, especially here in America. We have a natural tendency that we focus so much on work, and work becomes our primary focus in life. And so many people, they try to reach this level of success, and they push everything out of the way, they push their family to the side, and they're and they're trying to tell themselves, "Oh, I'm doing this for you," but they don't build that relationship with their family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a critical example that your dad gave—that he placed the family first, and success and those other things were a byproduct of that, and came along and showed you guys that role model and example. Mm-hmm. Your dad mm-hmm. did some. What it,
2: go ahead. Yeah, you know, what it, what it comes down to is there's, you know, the neat thing about spirituality is there's there's universal principles that exist, regardless of the denomination that someone may choose to follow. So these are universal, even principles we see exist in nature. This is what Stephen Covey writes about in the Habits of Highly Effective People, this priority of putting first things first. And we understand the context of this on the battlefield. Warriors know what to prioritize on the field of battle. So. In battle, security is more important than eating lunch. We know how to prioritize that. But the problem is oftentimes, we reverse our priorities in the world. And we're prioritizing what's least important over what's most important. What scripture of all different denominations proposes is that the number one priority is this relationship we have with God, with Yahweh, with spirit, with source, with creation. That's always the number one priority. Now, what's fascinating is that the way this principle works in nature and in life is that if we prioritize what's most important first, everything else works out. However, if we reverse that process, if we're prioritizing what's least important and neglecting what's most important, no amount, listen carefully, no amount of focus on what's least important will affect what's most important. (laughs) It's just not the way it works. And sadly, that's how many people live.
0: And you know what's amazing about that is all of us speak and we all put out a message. You know, and I have a message, I call it my F-bombs. And I know you're thinking that means something, but, and you can have three or four F-bombs. Mine are family, fitness, and finance. But guess what? You can put faith in that too. And for the longest time, I understand what you're saying because I put finance before everything else, before my family, before my fitness. And what you're saying hits home because I almost lost my marriage to it. Um, I got about 10 pounds out of shape when I was doing things wrong until I prioritized with me, you know, and again, everybody's F-bombs can be different. And I don't judge any man nor woman for their F-bombs or whatever they do. But now I put my family first and everything else is starting to come into play, you know, everything. I'm starting to be that well-rounded warrior just like you are because I had to learn how to reprioritize what's important in my life.
1: Yeah, Greg. So your dad played such an instrumental role model in, in teaching you these principles, you know, the the different rings of influence from, you know, the higher level spiritual levels within our family and then professionally. Your mom also played an an an, an amazing role in your life and she also set the example with servant selfless leadership. She was heavily involved in the Peace Corps. And then unexpectedly, you you, you lost your mom in 2011. How did that mm-hmm. affect you? And that leads us into something that I talk a lot about on the show. It's something I'm writing a ton about in my new book these unexpected catastrophic events i call them life ambushes and very similar to enemy ambushes they they catch us off guard we we don't expect it and it just rocks us to the core and how do we drive through those so i wanted to talk about the impact of both the loss of your mom and then what other significant life ambush have you been through and how did you lead yourself out of it
2: yeah great question i love the way that you've encapsulated this experience we have through the life ambush metaphor, brother. That is so awesome. I recall the first time you discussing that. I love it. When I think about life ambush, I want to propose, based on my experience in life, that there's a scripture that may incidentally tie in to the life ambush proposition. And that is, the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. So that would seem antagonistic to a life ambush, right? Because wait a minute, if my steps are being ordered by the Lord and I just got ambushed,
1: Yeah, how could, this what happen? could possibly yeah. be good yeah. in yeah.
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. But what's amazing is that look at you, Jay, you're the pinnacle example of how a legitimate ambush in life has propelled you to levels of leadership, influence, teaching, inspiration that are unparalleled and that likely would not have occurred had it not been for that life ambush. Yeah. And so the encouragement that I have for people out there who are experiencing right now in their life as they're hearing my words and your words, gentlemen, if they're experiencing a life ambush, it's like, hang in there, keep fighting the good fight. Maybe there's a blessing on the other side of this ambush that you can't even begin to fathom right now. Stay strong, keep fighting the good fight. You can do it.
1: And I talk about that, that, you know, nobody wants to go through an ambush. I mean, it's devastating, it's overwhelming. There's a natural tendency to, I don't care who you are and how strong you are. I mean, when an ambush happens, it's just, it is literally overwhelming. Whether it's an enemy Mm -hmm. ambush, I felt the impact of it, or whether it's that life ambush. But so many people ask me, what is the hardest thing you've ever been through? And it was my failure as a leader. But what's interesting about that, when you talk about that, you know if you look at it in god's plan that these things are set and uh man it prepared me for my injuries because when i got injured and i faced all the these massive amounts of surgeries and having to go through all this rehab and and really lo- losing my career having to medically retire from the military I looked back and said, you know what? I've been through worse. I've been through worse. I was at rock bottom from the mistakes I made and I had to climb out of this hole and redeem myself and prove I had the ability to lead. And all of that set me up for success. I'll be honest, if that journey of failure as a leader had not happened, I don't know if I would have excelled out of my injuries uh, as well as I did.
2: Mm, There you go. Beautiful example.
1: Sometimes the bigger the failure, the greater the success. Oh, absolutely. You come out of it. So, you know, Greg, what is the biggest life ambush you have been through and how did you navigate out of it?
2: Yeah, great question, brother. So there's been a few. The one that I'll speak to first, because you mentioned my mom, is talking about my mom. What an amazing woman. My mom and dad had four boys. Once we were all out of the house and established in life, she went back in for a second tour as a Peace Corps volunteer. She'd been in the Peace Corps at a younger season in her life with my dad. She went back in as an elderly woman and she chose of all the places she could have chosen as a returning Peace Corps volunteer. My mom chose Umar Ras Jordan, which is a hardship post. And as a matter of fact, a few months after my mom was in country, I was a special agent with the DEA at the time. And I got this email from a special agent with Diplomatic Security who was stationed in Jordan and happened to see my mom at the embassy. And he emailed me and said, do you know that your mom's in Jordan? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I know. He's like, well, wait a minute. What I mean is, do you know she's an Umar <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that's where she wanted to go. You know, She was just a warrior, a warrior leader.
1: That's awesome.
2: And um, the, the, the reason it was a life ambush is, at this time in my life, I was not prioritizing what was most important. What was most important for me at that time was my career. And it was my ego that was driving my career. I was always on to the next accolade, the next accomplishment. And so many of us are guilty of that. Dearly. You know, it ultimately cost me my marriage, cost me health, and it cost me an opportunity to speak with my mom for the last time because my mom had called me from Jordan following a massive stroke. She had an undiagnosed brain tumor. It was a massive stroke. She regained some consciousness, was able to call me, and I was on a mission with the DEA, and I didn't answer the phone. And I lost that opportunity. I just wasn't prioritizing what was most important. And it was was a radical wake-up call. to to realize that I I was neglecting and I had been neglecting for so long what was really the most important areas and responsibilities I had in my life as a husband, as a son, as a brother to my three younger brothers. Those were all way, way down on my priority list. And that life experience, that ambush, as you would say, it, it woke me up and it helped in just a few months It helped to completely reprioritize what mattered most. In just a few months, my life was completely changed. I was on a trajectory that continues to this day. And if I reverse engineer it, that was the pivotal moment or the ambush that changed the trajectory of the way that I was going, which was really an unhealthy direction. I just didn't know it.
1: So I think, you know, there's so many of us that uh, these ambushes make us better. I mean, I've met so many people. I mean, I've got this concept I talk about, you got to get off the X. And it is in that moment of that ambush that you either – and it's no different than an enemy enemy ambush, a real-world enemy ambush. I mean, the first Mm -hmm. thing you have to do is you immediately have to recognize it. You have to address it, and then you got to get off the X. You either attack into it or you blow out of it. It doesn't really matter, but you have to get off the X, and that's exactly what so many people, uh, you're discussing this. Ray, you had it happen at a younger age, and you got off the X. Yeah. We had Bedros on last week, and he talked about that moment he was having a heart attack, and his world was falling out around him, and he basically said, i got to get off the X. got to drive forward. So mm. many people don't, though. So many people have these ambushes, and it crushes them, and they, they stop living. Maybe not physically, but they're just stuck in this point or they continue to live the way that they were and they feel hollow and empty because they look back on that moment just like you did and they think about the fact, wow, you know, I I missed this time with my mom, but you know what? So what? I'm going to drive forward because the accolades, those things uh, make a difference. Did those things make a difference for you at the time? Was there a way to have balance with those successes uh, and still be able to take care of your family? Because all obviously, all of us who are leaders and warriors are goal-driven. And we know that by doing those things, we can help other people. They make us better, and they make other people better. Do you look back on those things that you did? Was there a balance in there that you could have done better? Or would you have said, no, I should have put everything else, um, you know, family first?
2: Well, I think what this leads to is this interesting topic of Understanding the two sides to this coin of mastery and service, how those exist in equal regard. And oftentimes we flip the scale too far or the pendulum swings too far to one extreme or the other. So everything in life works in a natural fluctuation of change and season. So for example, think about you gentlemen, you had an aspiration at one time, you felt the call to serve at the highest level of the military as a Navy SEAL, yet before that season of service as a SEAL could be experienced in your life, there was a long season of self-mastery. The training had to precede the service. Then you go through these seasons of service. Then there's a return to seasons of training or mastery. The warrior learns really quickly how to find balance and equilibrium between these two extremes. Yes, that that's and, awesome, right? And and I I I think that's really the the the, the question that that we ultimately want to answer is Hey, well, look, we all have, especially as men, we have this this a uh, hardwired drive for success. That's right. good. God gave that to us. We want to harness that, tap into that. Yet. If that drive for success is bleeding out of us an equal desire to master other areas of our life, then we're going to be in trouble really, really quickly. Yet, if we spend our entire life in training and in self-mastery without ever serving, well, then we're neglecting ourselves as well. We're never giving our gift. So it's about finding that beautiful balance.
1: That's a great, it great is, analogy. I, know, I just, I know Ray, you want to say, so I just wanted to point out at the very beginning of that, you said gentlemen, and I want to thank you for referring to Ryan and I in that manner. (laughs) Oh geez. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very nice of you. Okay. (laughs) So let's shift focus to
0: the athlete because a lot of people may not know who you are and how much you've contributed to the world of CrossFit. So that's why I have my man crush with you. You've done so much. (laughs) And what I want to know is, would you tell the audience kind of how you started off and what was it like i don't know if i can call him by his first name to work with uh uh huh. you know coach glassman Greg glassman what was it like can i call it can i call him by his first name or can i yeah I have to call he's, him coach?
2: he's the kind of guy you could you could call him greg absolutely so, so,
0: yeah so tell everybody about kind of your influence in the crossfit world because a lot of people may not know
2: <laughs> well i think it comes down again to that scripture The steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. I was at the right place at the right time. I found CrossFit right at the inception of the program. It was the winter of 2001. Really interesting timing as well. It was less than a year after my dad had passed away. So my dad passed away. There was this big missing piece in my life. I was so accustomed to that. Male role model, that leader, that influencer, that teacher in my life. And all of a sudden it was gone. And that's when Greg Glassman came in and really picked up the torch where my dad had left off and took me under his wing and mentored me and encouraged the trajectory. And he saw the potential in me and he challenged me to be at my very best. Both, here's the key, both inside the gym and in every other area of my life. And one beautiful example of this is, once I found CrossFit, I was consumed (laughs) by CrossFit. Where I spent all of my time, even when I was on duty as a deputy. Hopefully, the sheriff's office isn't listening right now. (laughs) I would spend my time there. I just loved being around Coach and around the gym. And I remember, how did you meet Coach? Sure, it it, it was um, it was a rumor at the time that was circulating around Santa Cruz. There was a rumor that there was a crazy gym, there was a crazy coach, there were these crazy workouts, and if you participated with the coach in the gym, in these workouts, you might die. <laughs>
0: so you were drawn to and it like I, a moth to a flame.
2: <laughs> I was drawn, yeah, I was, I was a brand new deputy sheriff. I'd had what was the very first legitimate fight for my life as a deputy. Trying to apprehend a wanted parolee that I'd nearly lost. And I had never experienced that level of fatigue or fear. And I knew that I somehow needed to recreate that sensation in a training environment. And so that when it happened again, I could be ready prepared. Yet nothing I was doing on my own was even getting me remotely close to that sensation. Got it. Got it. Then I found CrossFit. And in my first CrossFit workout, I felt like I was back on the street fighting for my life. Only now I was going head to head in a workout against a guy named Mike Weaver. But I still felt like I was going to (laughs) die. And I knew the more often I could subject myself to that workout, the better I would be, both in the gym, but more importantly, in life as a Working law enforcement officer.
0: What was that first workout you were talking about? That literally just <laughs> kicked. What was that workout? Was it a Fran? What was it back then? Did they even have the names? What was it? No,
2: they didn't even have the names back then. And this workout was so. I mean, I think of it now. It's it's uh, it's kind of embarrassing to to confess what it was. It was one thousand meter row. Okay. And and the best part is the rower. It was these two concept two rowers that I'd never seen before. They're on the upper mezzanine level of this small, maybe eight hundred square foot gym. And coach tells me I'm going to row 1,000 meters. Then he says, use the handrail. Be careful walking down the stairs. (laughs) I know know where this is going. And I'm like, be careful. Come on, bro. Do you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs)
0: And and ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure you understand when he's saying coach, he's saying Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit. This isn't just some coach off the street. We're talking about the man who started CrossFit. So I want to make sure I lay that out.
2: Yeah, this is the man himself. This is the genius, the the creator, the founder of the program. So he tells me to be careful walking down the stairs. We go downstairs. There's two kettlebells. I'd never seen kettlebells, never used kettlebells. There's a 35-pound kettlebell. I'm going to use that weight. My training partner Mike is going to use the biggest on pounder. I,
1: I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence out there, but if you're not familiar what a kettlebell is, maybe you're you know maybe you just don't know. A kettlebell is like a round ball of weight with a handle, a big enough handle <laughs> that you could get both hands into it. And they go from little tiny kettlebells all the way to ones that weigh about a hundred pounds. Yes, and uh, you swing them around for for <laughs> different types of workouts and lift them up. So I just want to let you know what that is as Greg is describing this workout.
2: Yeah. It's like a cannonball with a handle on it that you swing. I love yes. it. Very. <laughs> see,
0: that's what we need. That's we, even very better. Very graphic. I love it. <laughs> see, like, I was all
1: academic, yeah. and you were just straight-up warrior. So,
0: so let's, let's try another one here. And, th- and I actually know the answer to this when I ask you questions, the they're, they're rhetorical questions. So the whole fire breather fitness, I heard there was a story that came from that, and maybe you can elaborate on it, and hopefully my story is what I heard was
2: true. Sure, sure. Yeah, this was several years into the CrossFit program. The, the workouts had, had not yet been named, but we're getting close. The workout is a workout we now know and love as FRAN, which is 21 9 95-pound barbell thruster, which is a full squat into an accelerated press pull-up. So 21 thrusters, 21 pull-up, 15 thruster, 15 pull-up, 9 and 9, all of that as fast as you possibly can. And I had completed that workout with a few other – we referred to ourselves at the time as warriors, gladiators, Spartans, beasts. We had these other terms of accolade. The
0: original OGs.
2: Original – well, we weren't referring to ourselves as that. That was – it was, it was but that's what you in.
0: are now. From me looking at yeah, you, yeah. it was, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. the modern,
1: it was the modern day Agagé. You know, that, the Spartan right. training ground.
2: Right. So we we finished this workout. we we're, we're in a heap on the floor, and it felt like, literally, I mean, the best I can describe it, it felt like my throat was on fire. I had this metallic taste in my mouth, like I had bit my tongue, like maybe I was bleeding inside my mouth. And I look over at the other athletes, and we're all just spewing around the gym and i say oh my my throat's on fire it's like i'm breathing fire we're a bunch of fire breathers and boom the name just caught on just took off that's the next day that was it we were now fire breathers
0: i got one more cool one here and that this is something i heard now i there is a coaching ranking system level one level two and it goes up i have heard because i told you i follow what you do I have heard that you have come up with a CrossFit ranking system, and I'm only assuming it's probably in the same regards as the martial arts, learning your belts and getting your stripes. Is that true?
2: Yeah, that's accurate. Um,
0: Can you can you elaborate on that? I mean, I know I just kind of spilled the beans, but how does one do that? Is it a structured course? How do like? I would love to get my black belt in CrossFit. How do I do that?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I think what shaped my desire to create the system is I realized, let's face it, guys that are willing to subject themselves to the type of workouts that we do, it's few and far between. It takes a special type of person to just willingly go into the gym and voluntarily suffer. <laughs> That's not normal. That's abnormal. Yeah. And what I found is that if there's a way of recognizing and giving people micro goals Mm -hmm. to progress and aspire to, it's more likely they'll find meaning and purpose in subjecting themselves to this level of suffering. I love it. And that's what I did with the ranking system. It's a way of progressing people in a linear fashion, just like a martial arts program, through ranking or recognition of merit-based, and that's the key, merit-based recognition of accomplishment. It's been very, very well received in the gym. People love it.
0: Okay, I love it. Thank you. That's. I, I'm. Is now is this something that's going to be signed off by coach, and that it's, or is this something that you're doing on your own?
2: This is something I'm doing through my schools, Krav okay. Maga and CrossFit Amundsen. I don't want to speak for Coach. I don't know how he'd feel about it, but it's worked for me and my athletes, and that's what's most important to me.
1: Are, are any other gyms taking a look at it, saying this is a really cool idea? Yeah. And, and how, does, how does it work? I mean, if I was a beginner athlete and I came in there and one of your other athletes said, oh, man, welcome to CrossFit Amundsen. First off, you're, you're at the right place because we got, you know, Greg Amundsen here. And second off, you're at the right place because you actually can achieve rank structure in CrossFit. Here's how you
2: achieve your first rank. Yeah, we have it all broken down. Some of the rank structures outlined in my book, Fire Breather Fitness, it's available on my website. And there are, great inside my gym, there's graphs and charts that show what the expectation and the progression is. Now, what's interesting, however, is that in addition to the merit-based physical accomplishments, there's also a quality of time that needs to be spent in each grade or rank. And there's also flat out character qualities I'm assessing as well, because what we know in the martial arts is that if you're just a really good fighter and a bully, you've completely defeated the purpose of the martial arts. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so that's what I want for my athletes to understand is that if you're really, really strong and you're a jerk, you've defeated the whole purpose of the program. So I want you to be really, really strong and I want you to be a great person. And I want you to have the character qualities of faith, perseverance, accountability, trustworthiness. And I believe all of that can be forged in the gym, just like the physical skills as well. Now, you know what I like
0: is me, you and Jason have something in common we've both accomplished devastatingly handsome that is true we are all uh, there's a ranking structure where i'm the officer in that one
1: he's the low man
0: on totem pole but that's okay
1: but but i'm coming close with my uh for those of you wonder you know you get upset about how much tax dollars are wasted 1.5 million in this face right here yeah and he's still not and he's still
0: not as handsome as me and this is like what i got a little chapstick maybe a little gloss on it look pretty for jay um, the question I have is, Ray, we, that's lipstick.
1: That's lipstick. That's lipstick. You
0: that borrowed
1: it? your wife's lipstick. I may
0: have, I may have. Um, obviously, you know, something big in our lives is we accomplished our tried it. it. took us a very long time to do that. It, it's not just six months. It's a lifetime of suffering of discipline of, of sacrifice. I think the same thing applies with you, um, receiving the award. I, I have to call it an award of getting your black belt in Krav Maga. Tell me what that was like. I mean, twenty years to accomplish this. I mean, it's amazing. What was I mean? When they were putting your belt on, what was going through your mind? I mean, was it holy crap? I did it. Was it what? What were you thinking? Victor, <laughs> victory! Victory! Uh, yeah. I was thinking
2: victory. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was. I was thinking Psalm twenty-eight seven. God is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and He helps me. I mean, honestly. If I was to point to anything else, it would be ego, because that's the fact of the matter. It was my faith in God that got me through it. Um, But you know what's interesting, brother, is that Krav Maga, CrossFit, as great as they are, it was Coach Glassman that I was following, not CrossFit. And it was a gentleman named Londell Theus and John Pascal, who I was following, not necessarily Krav Maga. Got it. So I really want to emphasize that it's people in my life that have shaped me, that have molded me, and that have inspired me to follow them. And in many respects, that's my proposition with my faith as well, is it's not just that it's Christianity, it's that it was a real person. It was someone who lived and breathed Jesus Christ. And he set a radical example. And I follow and I continue to follow to this day. And I follow Glassman to this day, and I follow Lawndale and John to this day, my mentors in Krav Maga. And what was most meaningful about that black belt, it was it was it was presented to me by those guys that had been shaping me and tempering me and forging me for nearly twenty years. That so had, it was a it was a really important moment in my life.
0: That had to really amplify that moment of victory. That just having yeah. those individuals who inspired you to actually
1: um, give you that that reward, if you will.
2: Yeah. It was beautiful.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, man. The, uh, you know, that, that's something that we've been talking about a lot. It's something that, you know, Bedros Koulian, he he wrote a book called man up and it's a lot about who you surround yourself with. And, and that if you aspire to be great, then you find people greater than you to to be better. Um, you know, one of the reasons, and and God forbid I'm about to make Ray's head big than it already is, he's got a big head. But yes, I I, do. I work out. I work out with Ray because he is better than me. He is in better shape. He is more knowledgeable in fitness. And we push each other, but it's Ray's knowledge. So I want to surround myself with people better than me. I want to hang out with you, Greg Amundsen, because you are at a much higher level of spiritual leadership than I am. And I aspire to a higher level. So one of the things that Bedros talked about is, If you are the top person and everybody, you know, in your circle, everybody's kind of hanging on to you, you're never going to get better you're going to stay where you're at. So it's critical that we surround ourselves with people better than you. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. Is there anyone else, Greg Glassman, the Krav Maga coaches, is there anyone else that you look to as a mentor in your life? Obviously it was your father and mother years ago, but now as we get older, who else is out there that's helping to shape you and make you better?
2: Yeah. You know, one thing I'll propose is that, Oftentimes, we associate mentors with people who are still alive. And that's accurate. I believe we want to seek out mentors that we can attach ourselves to, that we can be loyal to. However, I believe there's also mentors who are no longer living, yet their example can still be followed. And I find a lot of inspiration in studying the prophets, in reading about the lives of the great prophets that reveal themselves to us in the Bible. I think there's immense mentorship that can take place in that relationship with people who are not necessarily alive, but whose spirit can still speak into our life. Some other mentors though, who are very much alive, one of them is Mark Devine. This is someone I spend a great deal of my time with, just like you gentlemen, former Navy SEAL, world-class martial artist, world-class yogi, world-renowned author, lecturer, teacher, amazing guy. I really pressed into him as often as possible. He's been very supportive in mentoring and guiding and shaping the trajectory of my life. Another really interesting guy. And what's, what's amazing is that when one of your mentors has a mentor, that's someone you want to pay attention to. Exactly.
0: And, yeah. Right?
2: And Mark Devine's mentor in the world of breath mastery is a guy named Dan Brule. And Dan has taken me under his wing and has really helped uh, cultivate greater awareness and appreciation for breath practices and how that can tie into my faith and my spirituality. That person's been a tremendous influence in my life.
1: That's awesome. So yeah, for those of you out there, if you are looking to get better, you need to take a look at your circle. Uh, friends look at the circle of people you surround yourself with and identify those people that you say that's where I want to be I want to be Mm -hmm. better I want to learn from them and and make sure man choose wisely choose wisely who you want to emulate and who you want to learn from because it'll make all the difference between your success failure your happiness negativity positivity all those things so Greg, I, you know, a lot of people I'm sure listen to this. They're like, man, I want to work out with, with Greg Amundsen. I want a piece of this. You know, you and I, you were the brainchild behind a new event, and you invited me to come out there and be a part of it with a couple of other people. And uh, uh, actually, one of them was a guest on our show uh, a few shows ago, and another one is going to be a guest on our show coming up. So tell everybody about uh, the event we're going to be doing in August and where yeah. they can go to find out more information.
2: You got it, man. This is going to be so awesome. It's the 2019 Warrior Quest yes. at my gym in Santa Cruz, California. The format is for world-class teachers, yourself, I'll be there, Jay Dobbins and Joshua Mons will be gathering together as subject matter experts in components of an integrated life. And what we're proposing is that if we're equally striving to achieve self-mastery in mental, emotional, Spiritual development and physical, if we can somehow find a way to integrate and master all four, then we're gonna set ourselves up to serve in the world and be masters and warriors in a way that is just profound. And that's what we're up to, is we're going to all be co-teaching this integrated day of developing the mind, the body, the spirit, and the emotional well-being that is necessitated today, if you wanna be a true modern day warrior. This is what it's gonna take. It's this level of training.
0: I love how he said emotional well-being because most people don't use that
1: word. I like that, emotional, because that's key. Yeah, absolutely. How we manage our emotionals, that emotional mm-hmm. leadership is critical. We, we gotta look at how we, uh, we get Ray out there for some of these future events to absolutely.
2: help shape. Even so, this first one, let's do it, baby. Yeah, baby. That thing's concealed weapons. I think I pulled, I pulled
1: something <laughs> making a muscle for he's trying to show <laughs> off. But th- this is going to be an amazing event. I mean, I have had the great honor to uh, speak with you. You have come in for um, the Overcome Academy. Uh, you spoke Warrior Church. I mean, I've worked out with you. I've worked out with Josh Monts and Jay Dobbins. And uh, we're going to have Josh on the show coming up. So I think this is going to be an amazing Mm -hmm. event. We'd like to try and get Ray out there. I think it would just be incredible for these people. Where do they go uh, to find out more about the event, Greg?
2: More information and registration is on firebreatherathletics.com. That's the website that hosts all the courses that I offer at my gym in Santa Cruz. Firebreatherathletics.com. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome,
1: do, do, I, you, I, I, do you want to know what I'm
0: doing
2: right now? I'm not sure I want to yeah, know. Yeah, I don't baby, know I if you, you do want to, to know. Way. So...
1: So, microbladder Ray Care. I could not wait till the end of the show. (laughs) I'm so in tune with what you're saying, though. (laughs) I
0: wanted to show you that I'm not lying. I I got nothing
1: here, man. Um, I got nothing. Yeah. So, uh, listen. We want to. uh, We're we're coming up on the end of the show. I mean, absolutely amazing. I know there's a lot of people out there if they want to learn. Uh, more about you, Greg. If they want to learn about your book, Fire Breather Fitness, if they want to read your amazing book that you wrote, The Warrior and the Monk, uh, if they want to look at you for speaking, um, you know, where do they go for that?
2: Yeah, the main landing site, I, I appreciate you asking too. The main landing site would be my website, GregoryAmundsen.com. That's where they can look into booking me for speaking engagements through Eagle Rise. That's where my books are available. I have art, my blog, my podcast, everything would be available through, through that website.
0: I love it. I love it. Greg, I got one last question for you. Are you ready?
2: I'm ready, brother.
0: If you could give people three pieces of advice for success, what would they be?
2: Well I would, you know, I would I would consolidate it. I think I think the key with questions like this is to simplify and to honestly answer that question. I would look at any success that I've had in my life, any success that you may recognize in my life, I would attribute it to my ability to every day seek first the kingdom of God. If I can do that first, if that's my first priority, everything else works out. And so the way that I would propose that to the listener is just make sure that whatever you're prioritizing really is the priority. I love it. I love it.
0: Simplify. I like that.
1: Okay, well listen, we are reaching the end of the show. It has been an awesome show, Greg. Thank you so much for being on. I mean, like I said, I just I I every time I'm with you, I feel better. You have this this energy about you, man, that fires people up, they're motivated. Uh, I think if any of you are out in California, or if you're not in California, you can afford to go to this event. I think it will be absolutely beneficial to you in August. Check Greg out at GregoryArmanson.com. Our next show will be dropping in two weeks on February 14th, and we are going to be having another amazing uh, interview. We're going to be... Furthering on the road of the culture of success with individuals who are out there making a difference, we're going to be interviewing an amazing U.S. Army wounded warrior, Omar Avia, who is out there making a uh, difference. He is setting the example for other wounded warriors, and uh, he is working with Black Rifle Coffee Company, who is absolutely on fire on right fire. now. Crispy egg
0: Omar, aka Crispy, if you don't know is an amazing human being. He has been through more than most. Uh, something, obviously, you can resonate with. Uh, true, true warrior. True, true patriot. True, true friend. I can't say enough good things about him.
1: Yeah, so you guys need to tune in for the next show. Once again, check us out on Twitter, at Show. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your messages. Tell us how much you <laughs> you love us. And, uh, and and tell us uh, about your thoughts on Ray's mm. microbladder thank so, you alright listen we are going uh, so listen Greg every show we close with something we call two minute motivation and uh, for you we're going to make it three minute motivation so each of us get one minute to rapid-fire highlight the word of the day and what it means to us. Uh, Who do we want to go first today?
0: I'm not going after him. I'm going first. You're going first. So
1: (laughs) Ray's going to kick things off. And uh, it is today, the word of the day is victory. Greg Amundsen, our guest. And let's kick off our three-minute motivation. Here we go, guys. The word of
0: the day is victory. Victory is one small step at a time. It is getting up every day, putting on your pants, and getting the work done. It's about believing in something greater than yourself and believing in yourself. You ha- Each day is another battle. In order to win, you have to just be the best you can be. I tell people, if you want to be on top, you can't be scared of heights. All right? That means you have to constantly drive to be the best you can possibly be. And here's what's so important about victory. You're not going to win every battle. My wife always tells me to pick and choose my battles wisely. All right. Greg talked about it today. He said, prioritize what's important to you. Focus on the things that are important. Simplify, come up with a plan and achieve victory. Who's next?
1: I love it. Greg, I, I tell you what, I'm not afraid to back clean up. Uh, if this is your word. I will let you go, my man.
2: All right. Victory means believing unconditionally in yourself and the ability of others. So often we are achieving Victory in our life, and we're forgetting that we are in this together. And if we're only focusing on ourselves and not encouraging, not inspiring, not supporting other people, then we're missing the real victory. So I would encourage people out there to number one, go for the victory, both in the world and in your life to come, and support other people. Find a way that you can make a difference, find a way that you can support someone else's victory. Just like my friend Ray said also, one of my mentors told me, I think this is true in the SEAL community, you've got to earn your trident every day, It was told to me I've got to earn my badge every day. I still uphold that philosophy. Every day I train. And I don't just train, victory is training like your life depends on. So get out there, keep fighting the good fight, and be victorious. Love yes, it. I yes. love it. All right. I
1: got I got big I got big boots to fill here. Woo. So, but I'm not afraid. I will be <laughs> victorious. So listen, victory, what an amazing word. What it captures is driving forward. But I want to point something out here. So many people are afraid of failure. And so many people don't understand that victory and failure go hand in hand. I meet people that write to me when I talk about, you know, oh, I had this setback or I failed in this area. And I'll have some hard, hard hard-ass people that'll write me and say, there is no failure. We never fail. That's not true. If you are truly pushing outside of your comfort zone, if you are pulling – if you are truly pushing yourself as far as you can go, you are going to fail. You are going to fall. But what victory is about is owning yourself and driving forward. It is being victorious over you, over your mind, over your spirit, over your emotions, and getting better every single day. You wake up in the morning, you hit the ground running because you know it is a gift. And you know that your victory will be at the end of the day, knowing you laid it all out there. And hopefully someday that victory will be at the end of your life when And you are stepping into the the, the great unknown that's out there. And for those as Christian, it's the eternal victory. But in that moment when you know I am checking out, you will know I laid it all out there. I put it all on the line. Success or failure. Highlights. High points. My family. My friends. I am victorious.
2: hoo Yeah. Awesome, brother. Awesome
1: all right guys so this has been the jr overcome show episode 11 we have been honored to have mr greg Amundsen on the show tune in for our next show january 14th i am jason overcome redmond and i'm ray cash Microbladder care <laughs> and we are the jr overcome show and we are out Boom! Thanks for listening to the JR Overcome Show. Tune in next time and
2: please remember to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please visit jrovercomeshow.com.